0: Hi, my name is Rhett Barton, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Hey, if uh, if you're in the room today, will you do me a favor? Will you throw your hands together, everybody in the Civic Center? Welcome our online church family. Come on, let them know how much you love them. (laughs) If you're joining us online today, I just want to take a moment, really look in the camera, look into your eyes, wherever you are, and tell you that you are our family. We love you. And uh, I know distance may be keeping us apart right now for whatever reason, but I want to let you know that you're not alone. Uh, You have family in us. And uh, I just want to say thank you to those who have sent us prayer requests. This past week, we've been praying for you, believing God for you, Um, And so I just wanna let you know that this isn't just something we do. Like you are our family. We exist for you, to reach you, to empower you, and to do what we can as a church, to love you where you are. And uh, we're just so glad that you would take some time to be with us today. And I wanna just show my love one more time for online church family. Everybody throw your hands together. Let them know you love them. Come on, we mean it. I wanna catch my breath because if you're just joining us, (laughs) I am a 44-year-old man, everybody and uh, who's in need of some major cardio in his life. <laughs> so <laughs> I apologize in advance for the out-of-breathness, but um, yeah, I don't apologize for the passion though because I'm just very thankful for who God is and what he's done. And, and honestly, what I'm sharing with you through this uh, series and what I'm closing out today is something that can honestly, you can change your life, man, I'm telling you. You can actually get to the place where you enjoy prayer, that you can actually enjoy having a conversation with God by just simply applying some of the things I've been walking you through as a church. And before I get into the message, I just want to remind you, everybody, hey, small groups, everybody. Can somebody say small groups? Small groups groups are launching in a couple of weeks, and I want to make you aware of that because uh, small groups aren't just something we do. Small groups are who we are. In fact, if we're ever going to reach our community, our city, it's going to be relationally, Okay. It's gonna be people doing life with you and seeing the Jesus in you and going, hey, you have something I don't have, what is it? Well, let me tell you my story of what Christ did for me. By the way, that's all evangelism is. It's simply sharing your story. In small groups, they're an opportunity for us to share our story, but that the focus isn't necessarily on the story as much as it is the relationships because nobody cares how much you know till they what, know how much you care. And so we wanna build a bridge. And we do that through relationships. And we have a lot of good times with it. And I just want to encourage you, if you've attended small groups, go ahead and mark your calendars. Get ready for that. If you've led small groups, go ahead and begin to register your groups for our semester. I believe in God for one of the greatest semesters uh, in One Life history as we approach three years. And uh, I just I cannot say enough about small groups that life change doesn't happen doing life alone. Life change happens in the context of life giving relationships bottom hands down i don't care you can fight me in the face but you look you just look and it's so true it's in god's word it's in life no one ever no one ever did anything of significance alone they never did there were always wonderful people around them and so if you're doing life alone stop okay Um, And I tell you about this because I also want to make you aware that we're doing small group leadership training Uh, We have a training class available today It's going to actually take place in our discover room if you're in the civic center today You leave these back doors and you hang my right your left go down the end of the hall There will be a sign that says discover And uh, it'll be 45 minutes that Absolutely has the power to change your life as you learn more about small groups and what what we do as a small group leader and and how can God can use us Uh, in somebody else's life. And let me just tell you this. If there's only one thing you get out of small group leadership training, and I know Larry and the team will tell you this as well, we don't want you to change your life to lead a group. We just want you to do what you're already doing because here's the truth. You're already gathering. You're already in community. And all we simply want to do is just give you some tools that you could apply in your life to just add Jesus to it to where you could also make an eternal difference by what you're already doing. And for those who have led small groups, those who have been a part of small groups, throw your hands together and say a good amen if they've been a part of changing your life in this room. Amen. And so again, it's not something we do, it's who we are. We talk a lot about it because it is who we are. All right, so we are Message Note Taking Church. I would encourage you uh, today, if you're in the room, go to olc.church, swipe down, click a button that says Message Notes. If you're online today, you'll see a button that says sermon notes and you'll be able to follow along today. We are—we love taking notes because I don't want to just inspire you. I actually want to teach you how to live this thing out. And today, I'm just gonna go ahead and forewarn you, today's gonna be extremely practical, uh, very practical. In fact, if you've been a part of our church for a while, you know that I love just asking the question, well, great, but how, <laughs> how do you do this? Like, don't just tell me to pray. Like, show me how, teach me how. And so, again, as I've mentioned earlier, this topic of prayer, I'm very passionate about because of what it's done in my own life, and I know it can have the power to change your life. So throughout this series in the past two weeks, we've really come down to answering the question, well, if prayer is so important, then really what is it? Well, prayer, my definition, is just simple as this. Prayer is a conversation with God. It's just a conversation with God. It's involving God in the process of your day-to-day Life. That's what it is and why is it important because I believe that according to God's word that prayer is the path to God's power God's provision and God's promises for your life And our world It's not just about what you get out of it More importantly, it's about what gets in you and through you to the world And so prayer these conversations with God is it's just simply a divine exchange It takes my inability and it exchanges it with God's ability. It takes my lack and it exchanges it for God's abundance. It takes my weakness and it exchanges it for God's strength. It takes my natural and it exchanges it for His supernatural. It's a divine exchange that happens through a conversation with God, through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So we know prayer is important for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of scriptures, but I love this verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Uh, if, you, if you tell me today that you cannot memorize scripture, I'm going to challenge you on this because this is like the shortest verse in the Bible. Pray continually. Everybody say, pray continually. Pray continually. You just memorize a verse of scripture. Good job, everybody. And so the way I like to say it is this, two words, pray first. Pray... First, everybody say pray first. first. What would it look like if before you got out of bed every morning, you were to pray first? What would it look like if before you drove to work, you were to involve God in the process and to pray first? What would it look like if before you responded to that text that you were to pray first? What would it look like if you were about to post that on social, like, I want to do this? What if you said, God, should I do this? What would it look like if you were to pray first? So my hope today is just this bottom line point is that I just want you as a church, us together, my hope is that we go to God first, not last. I want you to get to the place where you develop this in your life where you go to God first and not last. Why? Well, we've read this throughout the past two weeks. I'm gonna read it again. Matthew chapter 6, 33. Jesus tells us, this is why. If you'll seek first his kingdom... And his righteousness, if you'll pray first, involve God in the process, have a conversation with him, then all the things that you're worried about, that he talks about earlier before this verse, food, clothing, shelter, provision, promises, all these different things, all these things are going to be given to you as well. Like you're going to receive the power, the promise, the provision, and all God's blessings in your life if you'll just do one thing every day, do it first, and that is pray first, involving him in the process. Now I understand that I'm talking to probably mostly Christians today and most of you in this room are like, well, Pastor Ed, I wanna do that. Like, I want for that to be a part of my life, but many of us simply, we've been told all our lives, like, pray, 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 but we've not necessarily been told how. Like, how do we do that, Pastor? Great, I want to, but how? Well, that's what my hope is today, is to teach you how. In fact, that's what this series is all about, is to teach you how to have conversations with God that you actually enjoy that would change your life and change your world. In fact, what we've learned through the past two weeks is that the disciples and all their humanity had the same challenge that you and I have. It's like, we wanna pray, just don't know how to pray. We read this, Luke 11, one. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, can you teach us to pray? Like, can you show us how to have a conversation with God that looks like it's fun, enjoyable, because something happens when you pray, Jesus. I don't know what it is, but like, it just, there's something intangible that I can't put my finger on. But when you pray, Jesus, like something changes. Will you teach me how to pray like that? And so what we've learned over the past two weeks is Jesus responded with what we call the Lord's prayer. And many of us, we recite that as Christian liturgy, as these are the direct words from Jesus. We have to say this exactly every time. And, and you can do that and that's fine, nothing wrong with that. Um, but there's more to it than that. And what we've learned over the past two weeks, I'm not gonna re-preach the message, but if you missed it, go back and listen to it on the podcast, on Apple iTunes, go to our website. You can watch the video or go to YouTube. But what we discovered is that the Lord's Prayer is actually a divine flow. It's actually a guide on how to approach God in a conversation, and I'm telling you, if you'll approach God with that guide, with that plan that the Lord laid out to us, it will change your life. But today, what I wanna focus on as we close this series out, today is I really just wanna teach you how to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer. Like, how do I do this thing every day? Like, it's one thing to do it on Sunday or do it a couple days, but like, how do I do it every day? How How do I live this thing out? Well, I believe Jesus gives us a secret to this. In John chapter 15, verse four through five, scripture teaches us, Jesus says this, here it is. Remain in me. Now time out. What is Jesus saying here? Remain, remain. In other words, he said, hey guys, let's do life together. Can we have conversations like every day? Like I would love that. And in fact, this is the hope of this message today is to teach you how to live a remain in me type of life when it comes to prayer. Now, when it comes to prayer on this topic, I need you to understand something. Prayer is not something we do. Prayer is just a part of who we are as men and women of God. Prayer is something that is not a got to, prayer is a get to. It is the byproduct of a relationship with God. Prayer is, but here's the problem. For many of us as Christians growing up in the church, we've compartmentalized our prayer life. In fact, we compartmentalize our whole entire Christianity and our faith for the Lord. It's like on Sunday, okay, I'll pray. But Monday, ah, it's a different crowd I'm doing life with. Friday night, uh, you can forget it, right? But on Sunday, I'll come back around and I'll pray. Oh, I might even take a next step and I might even pray for my food. And, oh, and then of course, if somebody texts me going through a hard time, you know, I'll compartmentalize that and say, I'm praying for you to make them feel good, but you're really not praying for them. So we compartmentalize compartmentalized Christianity. And what I want you to understand today is God never intended for you and I to compartmentalize our Christianity. God intended for us to live a remain in me type of lifestyle, a lifestyle of involving God in the process of our everyday life when it comes to praying first. Remain in me, he says, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. No, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you or I bear fruit, unless you remain in me. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, hey guys, if you're trying to find fulfillment outside of me, it ain't gonna happen. You can try it if you like. In fact, I've tried it. It doesn't work. Some of you are trying it. Maybe you're online today and you tried it last night and you know what you're paying for today. It didn't work out. It didn't last. It might've lasted for a second, two seconds, 10. But after that, it's like, poof, it's gone. Gotta find another fix. So we can try to do this, but we will not bear fruit. We will not experience God's best blessing for our life, our marriage, our home, and all that God's called us to unless we remain in him. Why? He goes on to say, he's using metaphor. He said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If a man or woman remains in me and I in him, in other words, if we learn to cultivate a relationship with God through prayer every day, he will bear much fruit. In other words, your life will be blessed. Your marriage will be blessed. Your home will be blessed. Your finances will be blessed. You will live a fulfilled life. And by the way, if the word blessed equals dollar signs in your life, you're missing the whole point. American Christian, That's right. it's not what I'm talking about talking about health, I'm talking about just like relationships and just this spirit on the inside of you, like Paul and Silas, that said, you know what? No matter what pain may come my way, I will pray, I will worship, and on the inside, I'm being set free, freedom. This is the blessing of God. But apart from me, you can't do nothing, he says. So when it comes to prayer, because this is what we're talking about today, how do we cultivate this kind of remain in me type of life? Like how do we create this lifestyle of prayer? Well, I believe we look no further than the life of Jesus. He was the greatest example. So let's go to God's word. Mark 1, 35, Jesus's life said this very early in the morning, dear Jesus, why that got to be in there? You know, come on. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he did what we're talking about today, where he prayed. So this is where it's going to get really practical. How do we cultivate this? How do we make this a part of our everyday life? Some of these things are going to be like, I knew that. I'm just not doing it. And so I'm going to remind you of some things you already know. Okay, Four practical ways of how we create a lifestyle of prayer in our life that will change our life, change our world. The first three come from this verse out of this example of Jesus. And the last one that I'm going to close with today comes from an example we see in the life of Paul. But let's start with Jesus and uh, what we see here at of Mark 1.35 and that we all need when it comes to creating a lifestyle of prayer is, number one, write this down if you're taking notes, is that we all need a certain time. Time. Now, I'm convinced, I used to not be convinced, but I am now, I'm convinced that the best time of day to pray is at the beginning of your day. Now, listen, don't get legalistic on me because some of you, your day begins at five o'clock in the afternoon because you work the night shift. All right? But I believe that the best time is early in the morning if that's where the day starts for you. Why? Well, because Jesus' example throughout Scripture and other verses that I could show you today They're all about Jesus rising early to pray. Why is that? What is the point in all that? Um, And here it is. There's a principle all throughout scripture. A lot of pastors only preach about it when it comes to giving and generosity because it applies there. It's the principle of the tithe. In other words, how you honor God first with what you honor God with first, God somehow miraculously has the power to bless the rest of it. Now that principle does apply to finances, but it also applies to prayer. When, you, when the first words out of your mouth every morning, Lord, I love you. I'm telling you, it gets God's attention. He's like, oh, that's my boy. That's my girl. I'm telling you, what you do first has the power to bless the rest, especially when it comes to prayer. And by the way, this is just another reason we do 21 days of prayer in our church, which we're in that season right now, as you can see on the screen, we're actually coming into week three of that. we got seven days le- left, and a lot of people are like, why don't you just do that in, like in the late afternoon? I'm like, because Jesus rose early, and because the power of the first and the principle, and not only that, I'm trying to develop a habit in you to create a lifestyle of prayer, and it takes a minimum of 21 days, according to psychologists, to do that. <laughs> so it's very intentional with what we're doing well, I'm just not an early person. I'd rather sleep and you know, keep hitting the snooze button, snooze button, and that's fine. You can keep doing that, that's fine. But I'm just telling you, <laughs> I'm just telling you, there is some, there's joy and there's this peace, there's this fulfillment, there's this power that happens that God has the ability. It's like he can stretch time. We all have the same 24 hours, but I'm telling you, you'll get more done, you'll have more rest. When you start your day first, we all need a certain time. What are you trying to say, Pastor Ed? I'm just simply saying that we just need to make an appointment with God and we need to keep it. Very practical. I know you know this. You just need to make an appointment with God and keep it. If it's not on your calendar, it ain't important. I'll tell you what's on your calendar right now uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. You're laughing because it's true. Is <laughs> prayer on your calendar? is having a conversation with God on your calendar. I'm just saying, we prioritize what's important. There is beauty found. You wanna create a lifestyle of prayer, being able to access the power of the promises of God in your life. My friends, we've gotta make an appointment and keep it with God. Luke 12, 31 tells us this. Here's another beautiful reason why. If you'll do this, like each and every day, he will supply your needs. He will supply your needs. All the things that you need from God that you've been asking and requesting or even just been kind of thinking about or talking to other people about, if you'll involve God in that process, he will supply your needs as you seek his kingdom passionately above all else. In other words, if we'll align our heart with his, we'll access the power, promise, provision of God through the path. prayer. Just trying to help you cultivate a lifestyle of prayer in your life. Very practical. I hope this helps you today. Number one is we all need a certain time. Put it on your calendar. Make that a moment. Number two, we all need a certain place. We all need a certain place. Uh, Jesus, we, we see this Mark 135, same verse. Not only did he rise early in the morning while it was dark, but Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place, I just need you to understand that the details in the Bible are on purpose, everybody. He went to a solitary place where he prayed. Many scholars believe that Jesus Christ loved to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was near the Mount, It was in the Mount of Olives area. Um, a lot of people believe that it just wasn't because he, he liked the garden. But if you've ever stood there, and I haven't, and my hope is to one day this side of heaven, but from pictures and from what I've heard other people describe is that if you're standing in the Garden of Gethsemane, you have probably the most picturesque view of the entire city of Jerusalem. And so many, I mean, just imagine for a moment, Jesus walking through and as he's praying, he's talking to God about you know, the mission and the journey and his disciples and his family and his friends, and for you and for me, he's overlooking the city that he loves. Jesus, he had a certain place. And I just wanna encourage you, do you have a place? If you don't have a place, you need to find one. Now, my place and your place may look completely different. When I like to pray, I like to walk. I like to move. I'm a pacer. You know, it's just a part of my personality. It's the way God created me. I got to have windows. Like, if I'm blocked in, I'm just like, I feel claustrophobic. I got to be able to see. I like to go outside. I like to walk in neighborhood. Sometimes if I have the time, I like to go over to Lake Lowell, as beautiful as it is in the fall right now. Come on, everybody. That green water is beautiful, Right? (laughs) and whatever else is in that lake right now, I don't know. But I'm just saying, I, th- that's what I like to do. It may be different for you. You may like to pray you know, in your bedroom or in your closet. You might like to pray as you walk the block. Whatever it is, I'm just encouraging you to find a place, not only have a certain time, but have a certain place that you meet with God. Matthew 6, 6, Jesus said this about the whole point of being alone when you pray. He says, when you pray, notice it's just a, he's like, I'm just expecting this to be a part of your life. Like when we're hanging out, when we're talking, this is what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to go into your room and I'd like for you to close the door and time out for a second. By the way, Jesus is not just saying, hey, I want you to get legalistic and the only time you can pray and the only place you can play is your room. No, what he's saying is, hey, I just need you to understand how important it is to bring yourself to a place where you are alone and undistracted and undisturbed. Why? Because there's something powerful that happens. He says, well, if you'll pray to your father who is unseen, then your father who sees what is done in secret, who sees what is done when you're alone, he'll reward you. And by the way, this just blows my mind for a second. The fact that God would reward us for just having a conversation with him. I mean, like he's just all about giving good gifts to his kids so the Greek word here is apodidami. In other words, I'm gonna pay you back for the time you spent with me. It's like, really? We don't do that for blessing, but the byproduct is, my friends, it's blessing. It really is. In other words, what he's saying here is if you'll have a certain time and a certain place and get alone with me, then I'm gonna give you access to the power of the promise, provision, and the blessing of God, and for you to experience fulfillment in a whole new way. It's gonna be amazing. Anybody getting anything out of this this morning? Is this helping at all? Okay. Trying to help you cultivate a lifestyle of prayer. We all need a certain time. We all need a certain place. And here's the third one. We all need a certain plan. We all need a certain plan. Now, I'm not going to spend too much time on this one, mainly because I spent the last two weeks giving you a plan uh, through the Lord's Prayer and that guide. Uh, But what I will say is this. For every meaningful relationship, notice I said meaningful relationship, There's always a plan, if it's meaningful. So what does a plan say? A plan says, you are so important to me that I thought of you. Like, (laughs) you mean so much to me that I've actually thought of you in advance and I'm coming to you with a plan because I love you. Hey, let me bring it into our world today. Hey, fellas, take some advice. This is not a marriage message, but go ahead and note take this somewhere off to the side. If you want a date night to to go great, all right, don't get in the car and go, hey, babe, how you doing? How's your day? Good, Uh, where you want to go? And she's looking at you like, I don't know. Like you didn't love me enough to have a plan to like plan this thing out. If you want it to go well, brother, you better have a plan. I'll tell you, as a husband who's been married 15 years, going on 16, I'm not the best when it comes to the planning, but I've tried to get a lot better because I'm telling you, the reward that you will reap for having a date night that's been planned, all the married folks said a good amen, amen, amen. That's a message for another day. Something powerful happens when you have A plan, when prayer is intentional, something changes. And here is the prayer guide that actually outlines the past two messages. If you wanna know how to get a copy of this, hey, there are free copies of this at Guest Central. If you're online today, the whole thing is in a PDF form on our website. Just click the button that says 21 days, scroll to the bottom, and you'll be able to download the whole thing. So this is a great resource that will help you with a plan, okay? Now, this is the part I couldn't wait to get to. When I'm talking about teaching you how to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer. It is important to have a time, a place, and a plan, but we can't get all caught up about all those things. But what we do need to get caught up into, and this is the most important thing, is that number four, we all need to have a relationship with the Godhead. Or maybe you've heard the Trinity. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. You ever heard that? We sing a song here at church, Holy, Holy, Holy. It references the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, how they're all three, one triune, but yet they're all three separate people. It's important to have a relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's important that you see and relate to them how they like to be related to. You need to be able to see God for who he really is in all three of his unique qualities and nature. When you relate to each person, it adds value to your relationship with God. In other words, it adds value to your prayer life. It adds value to your conversations that you have with God. I love Paul. He beautifully describes this in 2 Corinthians 13, 14 with a benediction. In other words, this closing prayer that he's giving to the Corinthian church. He says this, may the amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ. Notice the detail and the unique quality of Jesus. And the extravagant love of God, notice the quality of God. And the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. I wanna talk about these three things as we close really quick. It's so important as it ties into your prayer life to where this is something you'll enjoy. So I wanna do my best to kind of introduce you to the Godhead. So let's look at the amazing grace of Jesus Christ. Look at this. I just need you to know, here's the bottom line, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, wanted you and I to have a relationship with God so bad that he died on a cross to pay for your sin, to pay for my sin, to cover my hurt, to cover my pain, to cover my shame, to cover my guilt. Why? Because Jesus Christ loved you so much. That he wanted you to experience a relationship with God. It's the amazing grace. Grace means unmerited favor. Jesus is the Son of God. It's this unmerited favor that we receive from the Son of God. So, what does this have to do with prayer? Well, it has a lot to do with prayer. Let's look at 1 Timothy 2:5 real quick. It says there's one God and one mediator, like a middleman, right? Why? so that humanity, you and I, human beings, so that we can reach God, so that when we pray, God hears us. In that way, my friends, is through one person, through the amazing grace, through Christ Jesus. You need to understand the role that Jesus plays in prayer. He didn't just save you from your sins. He died to forgive you, yes, but his role in prayer is to give you access into the holy throne room in presence of God. How is that? It's because holiness, just by the true definition of holiness, means that sin cannot stand in its presence. So there had to be a sacrifice or a payment for that. And so Jesus' blood covers us, cleanses us, supernaturally, it's a miracle, that gives us the ability to come into the presence of a holy God. Despite our issues, despite our past, despite our present, gives us that ability to come in and come before him and access the holiness or the righteousness of God. It's important that you understand this. In fact, Hebrews 4, 15 through 16, I love this. Guys, we don't have a high priest. Who's a high priest? He's a mediator. He's a mediator between God and man. We don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. In other words, Jesus is not in heaven saying, oh, Rhett, seriously, man, this is the third time in three weeks you brought me this same junk. You're going to have to grow up, young man. I don't think so. Jesus is not doing that, y'all. He's not in heaven saying that. No, 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 no. You know, look at this. He's not unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. No, but we have one who is Jesus who has been tempted in every way. In every place we hurt, have pain, we're tempted, every place that we've experienced in life, just as we are. Yet, here's the beauty He was without sin. So, have you ever wondered why Jesus lived 33 years on this planet? Think about it. If He just came to pay for our sins so that we'd just go to heaven and have a good time, why wouldn't He just born and die? No, you know why he had to live here for 33 years? Because that was just about how long it took for him to experience everything that you and I would go through. Every hurt, every betrayal, every rejection, every abuse. Like anything and everything you are faced with, Jesus Christ has experienced. So there's a verse in scripture in Hebrews that says that Jesus actually sits at the right hand of the Father interceding on our behalf, like talking to God on behalf. So this is what it looks like when you're praying, Jesus, I need help. This, this is difficult. And I, I just, I, I don't know what to do. Here's what Jesus is doing. Jesus is leaned in. He said, oh man, Red, I get it. I know that's hard. I've been there. I know that's painful. And then he goes to the father. He says, father, reds he's talking to me right now, and what he's dealing with it is so painful and so hurtful and i I know because I've been there and God i'm asking you I'm asking you to help him. you see how it plays out? This is Jesus's role in prayer, and it's so powerful if you want to get ever get to the place where you enjoy prayer and you're having conversations with God that access his throne room to receive god's best, you need to be able to relate to Jesus as the son of God and the one who gives us access. It just changes the way we pray. So I like the end of this verse. It says, so because of all this, let us then approach the throne of grace, Jesus, with what confidence? So that, why? We may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We're talking about the amazing grace of Jesus Christ. It's important for us to understand this. Number two, under this relationship with the Godhead, Is that we need you to? I need you, and my hope and my desire is that you not only experience and relate to Jesus as the amazing grace, but you begin to relate to God as the extravagant, loving Father that He is. See, here's the challenge: many of us in this room, we our earthly Father's experience has polluted our heavenly Father experience, and we relate to God and we view God as though He were our dad that may have hurt us, wounded us, or whoever that father figure was. And if that's you today, I am so sorry. But that is not who your God is. No, God is an extravagantly loving, good, kind, and wonderful Father. He's not mad at you. He's not angry at you. He loves you. That's why he sent Jesus. Because he wanted to do life with you. He laid down his best so that you and I could spend time with him. That's a good God, you guys. No other God on this planet has ever done that. Or ever will. There's only one. His name is Jesus. Psalm 103. If you don't believe me, don't take my word for it. Look at what David says. 103, 8 through 13. The Lord is compassionate. The Lord is gracious. He's slow to anger. And he's what? He's abounding in love. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. No, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. Those who honor him, those who respect him, as far as the East is from the West, so far has he removed our sins from us as a father. Father has compassion. I need you to hear this, on his children. So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Listen, when you understand that God is a loving father, it will change the way you pray. It will change the way you relate to God because your view of God will determine your relationship with God. And let me say it this way. The way you view God will also determine how you pray to God. If you think he's mean, mad, you're not going to talk to him. You're not going to hang out with him at all. But if you know and come to the truth of who he is and his extravagant love for you, like it changes everything. That's why I refuse to beg God in prayer. Why? Because I serve a God who's a good father who loves to give good gifts to his kids. So God, I just ask. Because I know you already want to give it to me anyway. So I thank you for that. And by the way, it's not just for me. It's for the world. It's for others. Just trying to help you today. I'm going to close to the last one. Just trying to teach you in a very practical way how to cultivate this lifestyle of prayer that will change your life and change your world to get you to a place where you're changing earth by touching heaven, this divine exchange. We obviously need a certain time, certain place, a certain plan, but more than that, we need to have a relationship with Jesus the Father, and here's the third one, and I'll close. In the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit, intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. There's so much that I, I could go into talking about the Holy Spirit, um, and obviously, if there's a very heated topic or a individual in the Bible that many Christians or even pastors want to stay away from, it's the topic of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but yet he's so prevalent and such a wonderful part of who God is. And it's it's like driving a car with only three wheels. Really? Like, you could probably make it to work, but wouldn't you rather enjoy the comfort that four wheels on a vehicle brings you? Just saying. So who is the Holy Spirit and what is the role he wants to play in your life and especially as it relates to prayer? Well, Jesus described the Holy Spirit as this, John 14, 16 through 17. Jesus said, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another. Here's the word advocate. Now he's talking to his disciples, and he's saying, "Hey, he just told him I'm about to die. I'm going to go to heaven to prepare a place for you." And he's trying to comfort them. And in his comfort to the disciples, he's saying, "Hey, I'm about to send you somebody you need in your life." The advocate, advocate. This is a Greek word here. Uh, it comes from parakletos. Parakletos is the Greek word. You know what it means? It means, "Hey, I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you a counselor." I'm going to send you an encourager. I'm going to send somebody to you that's going to be your best friend. Who is he? Well, look, he says, he'll never leave you. And this person is the Holy Spirit who does what, who leads you into all truth. This is what I say about the Holy Spirit today. He's my best friend. And I hope, I hope you'll make him your best friend too. Because here's the beauty, is that when the prayer meeting's over, like when your time with God's over and you're back to, you know, having to kind of get into whatever groove it is that life demands of you, he goes with you. He's the inner voice. He's the one that speaks to you, like, ah, I might not go that that way. Okay, I'll go this way. All right, you know, you might want to text your friend and kind of just tell him you're thinking of him. Okay, right. He's the one that goes with you. He is an incredible good friend and he's an intimate friend. (laughs) I'll close with this last verse, Galatians 5, 22 through 23. If there's any reason we need the Holy Spirit in our life today, in our world, it's for this reason right here. Look at this. The Holy Spirit, having an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit in prayer. This is what it does. It produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. How many think that we could use a little bit more love in the world right now? The conduit of that, from Christ to us, is the Holy Spirit, everybody. It's hard to love somebody when you're not experiencing it yourself. How does God give us that love today? Through his Holy Spirit. This is how it's produced in our life. And if you're not involving him in the process through prayer, you may not be experiencing some of these things. And I want you to so you can live your best life here to make a difference in this world. It produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all the things we're praying for, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Guys, when you understand this, it changes everything. I've done the best that I know how in the time that we've had to just simply give you some practical ways to live this thing out. Last two weeks talked a lot about how you do this when it comes to the actual time with Jesus and the way we approach him. Today, I'm just trying to give you some simple truths. Guys, we gotta make an appointment and keep it with God. We've got to have a certain time. we got to have a certain place where we get alone with God. We've got to have a plan, which we outlined last week. And ultimately, I just hope that your eyes are open today to see the beauty that is the amazing grace of Jesus Christ, what he's done for you and how he alone is the one that gives you access to God and that God is a loving father. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. And more than that, he wants to. Pour into you and invest into your life through the third person of the trinity which is the holy spirit he wants to breathe into you his love his joy his peace his patience his goodness his kindness all the fruits that we all long for in our life for our family and for this world will you bow your head and close your eyes all across the room nobody looking around god i thank you you're a wonderful father jesus your your grace that you've given us just it honestly blows my mind and holy spirit i thank you for the friend that you are that brings comfort and counsels us and that's there for us that will never leave us and will always be there god in this moment i recognize that there may be some people in this room today who don't have a relationship with you maybe they're joining us online and and god i want to pray for them right now lord i pray that their eyes of their heart would be open to see you for the beauty that you are and the relationship that you want to have for them I pray that their eyes would be open to the sin in their life that brings separation from you and them and how they're in need of a savior, in need, deliverance, and restoration, God, to find freedom and fulfillment in their life that they've been looking for in the world. And I'm praying that today, God, they'd begin to see you, Father, for who you are and what you've done for them and who they are as a child, that you've paid the price to adopt them into your family. And I pray, God, that they would come to a place to want to have a relationship with you. So if that's you in the room, if you're the one that I'm praying for right now, and you know that, hey, I, I, need to, I need to be in a relationship with God. I want my name written in the Lamb's book of life. I no longer want my sins separating from me from God. So when I die, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want to experience God's best on this earth and God's best on the other side. And I want to put my faith and trust and hope in Jesus. If you're online, let us know. Click the button if you're in the room. Will you just raise your hand right now? I want to have a relationship with God. Come on, this is the most important moment of the service today. If that's you, God bless you. You can put your hands down. Would everybody say a prayer like this? Just say, God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for wanting to have a relationship with me. Let's pray this, say, forgive me. Change me. Come live on the inside of me. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you're the savior of the world. I put my faith and trust in you today. I give you my life. I give you everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, can we throw our hands together and celebrate with those who made a decision? May we love you so much. Way to go.